Hey, welcome to the Graceful Warriors podcast. This is where faith meets fortitude. I'm your host, Monica, and I'm here to walk this journey of life with you. But hello, we have to do it one step at a time. So I am inviting you to join me as we explore the art of gracefully navigating the challenges of this world while staying true to our beliefs and embracing that warrior within. God is calling the body of Christ to rise up. So if you are ready to rise higher and embrace his light, well then warrior, this podcast is for you. Grab your sword and let's dive in. Well, hello, hello, Graceful Warriors. Welcome to the podcast where we encourage you to walk your journey with God through grace and grit. Hey, I'm your host, Monica, and I just want to say thank you for coming on the podcast today and giving us a chance to encourage you in the Word of God. And man, has it been a crazy January 2024. I mean, just to even cover it all, we had this massive dump on us in January. I mean, just in my state alone, in Idaho, we got 13 inches of snow in two days. <laughs> now, for you guys over there in the East Coast, I know you guys got dumped on. I saw New York, the Buffalo game. Man, you guys did awesome. I saw it over there. You guys just got pounded. All of you guys got together and dug the snow out and much props to you. I even saw one guy out there and I don't know who you are, but oh my gosh, you are brave or I would say a few noodles short. <laughs> I mean, seriously, I saw a guy out there in New York to help shovel snow, but I guess they all took a break and he was in shorts. No socks, no shoes, no shirt, guys, out there riding the snow down the, the bleachers in the stadium. And I was like, how do you guys do that? It's so, so cold. So, like I'm saying, we all got dumped on. And as we know, that the Lord often uses the seasons, the elements to tell us something. I really think that the enemy is getting dumped on. And our enemy being this government. And I think it is a spiritual dump on like, the, like the Lord is roaring and he is like, enough is enough. I mean, major exposure. And then we can even go to the political world of it was done before it even started with Iowa giving their endorsement to President Trump. Now we have New Hampshire. We all know where that's going. And the fact that Ron DeSanctimonious stepped down was a big ordeal. And if you follow Nikki Haley, I follow her. And I'm not a supporter of her, but I follow the team and what they're posting on social media. And it's just like, oh my gosh, when is this team going to wake up? I mean, they constantly slander Donald Trump, President Trump. And it's absolutely crazy, but it's, you know, being a woman, this is all I got to say about Nikki Haley. 
she would be the one to be stubborn and not bow out because it takes a woman to be stubborn <laughs> and to never admit defeat. And that's how, what I think about Nikki Haley in a Christian aspect, <laughs> right? So, uh, but I really do think it's, you know, Nikki's going down. Um, it's going to be landslide of numbers tomorrow for President Trump because it's we the people that are choosing liberty and greatness again and to have our gas prices down, our taxes lower, our our kids to be taught the regular subjects like we were taught, math, science, English, social studies, computers. Geez, teach them home economics, you know, how to sew, how to cook, how to change a tire, you know, all those things that we got in my generation. And I'm a 70s girl. We got all of that. But, you know, we just got to keep praying that God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Well, that's my opening statement. That's all I got, guys. <laughs> but for you that have come on, I saw a total uprise in listeners on the Graceful Warrior podcast. I actually was thinking outside of the box and was like, hey, I cannot stick into the so-called, because when you do podcasts, you have to go in and you pick categories of where your podcast will be sent to. And of course it says religion. And even though I can't stand the word religion, and many of you know how I feel about religion. And so I was like, oh, I got to go here. So I picked religion and then it wants to know, okay, Hindu, Jewish, Buddhist, Christianity. There it is. And you pick Christianity. And then it goes there. Well, last week I decided to go, you know what? This podcast is for everybody. There's no, you know, rated R content here. There's no topics that are sensitive for little ears. You know, it's the word of God. And so I thought, why not expand into the home environment, family, kids, marriage, you know, all of that. And I even went so far as to pick a third category and go to the news because the word of God is the good news. Amen. And when I did that, oh my gosh, I mean, listeners skyrocketed. So if you're here for the first time, thank you for joining us. I hope that you take the time and listen in um, each and every day. Give us a review. Give us a like. Tell us where you're listening in from, whether it's podcast um, on the page or it's Spotify or Amazon, Apple, wherever you guys are. And to all of my listeners out there across the United States, thank you for listening. I appreciate you. And for those we have, you guys, we have mega listeners that is overseas. And I'm not kidding. This podcast reaches United Kingdom, Canada, Russia, South Korea, United Kingdom. I mean, it goes out there. Together, we are helping to spread the gospel to all nations. The Great Commission, that's what we're called to do. And so I appreciate you guys. I thank you. If you are finding us for the first time, man, there's a lot of episodes you could check out. I have my own playlist where I'm like, 
hey, I like these episodes. But I began to create a playlist where my listeners have said, we like these podcast or these episodes. And so I created a playlist of top, top listened to episodes from my listeners. And then I created my own. So if you don't know where to start on this podcast, I would encourage you to go check that out in playlists on my website. And you could check me out on thegracefulwarrior.captivate.fm. It's all in the show notes. There's too many hyphens in there for me to go through it all. So check us out and uh, leave a review, leave a comment. Let me know what you think about each topic. But today, today is Wednesday, January 23rd, or no, January 24th. Good Lord. It's flying by fast, isn't it? <laughs> and today I wanted to talk to you about, are we called to defend the Christian faith? You know, many times people are like, no, you're supposed to be quiet. Doesn't matter what they say. God's will, they'll, he'll, they'll be taken care of. And I was like, but wait a minute. How do we defend the Christian faith without stepping on toes? Or are we called to step on toes? And here's what I found out. Peter, in 1 Peter 3, verse 15, Peter says this, But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. If I had to sum the entire study today, that would be it. Peter summed it up perfectly. He says, always be prepared to make a defense for the hope that is in you. We all have a hope that one day Jesus is coming back for us and for all of mankind, for those willing to give their hearts over to, to the Lord, for those willing to repent. And at the same time, he goes on a step further and he goes, but there is no slamming it down their throats and saying, take it or else. Either accept Jesus or go to hell. And you know, when I see that a lot, like I go on social media and a lot of times it's where I get these ideas of doing studies for myself. And then when I have this epiphany or an enlightenment or a new thing that I actually have, have learned, then I come on here and share it with you and create the episode. And what I learned is like when I go on to social media, especially Twitter, and my, my main Graceful Warrior account is on Twitter, and I'm more active there. And I would look at different comments. They have a believers network where all those that what, what they believe, who knows? Majority of it is Christian believers. And then you have everybody in there that is so-called sharing. They think that they are sharing the word of God. They think that they are sharing. I'm doing something by getting online. And they, they quote a scripture every day. 
I follow some of these guys and I, and I look on there and they just post a scripture every day or it's quiz day. And they post us, um, post a question like who is in the belly of a whale for X amount of days. And then they'll put names there to choose. And yes, I know it's social media, but what would God say about our, our time? How did we share the gospel? Not through quizzes, not through just posting a verse every day on a social media site. You know, people can pick up the word of God. People can look up an, a Bible app. People, you know, people know that they are living in sin, but it is telling them the good news. And so oftentimes, I, here's the flip side of all this too. I have seen people defend their belief and ruin their witness because they've gotten so mad and they've turned around and now they look like with, they, to be honest, they look like the non-believers screaming and throwing a fit because somebody challenged them. Somebody questioned their faith. Somebody either attacked God, attacked the word of God, of God. But Jesus never said to, to defend him. He says to defend anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Be prepared to make a defense for the hope that is in you. God doesn't need to be defended by you. Doesn't need to be defended by me. He can defend himself. And so in defending the Christian faith study, I often was like, well, how do I do that? Even for me, I'm, I'm like, I'm challenged in my own home. You know, my family, I think I have my oldest son. He's gradually coming over to the light side of the force, <laughs> yeah, so to speak. He's gradually coming back to the Lord. He's learning. And my husband, my other son, they're not saved. Hearts just as hard as ever. And so I've looked at it going, how do I defend my faith without shoving it down their throat and without getting so angry? I mean, have you ever had to defend your faith or do you just shy away from it? Yeah, or or your is your knowledge of your faith very limited? And if so, why is that? It shouldn't be limited because it is the hope that's in you. It is getting into the word of God and it is studying the word of God so that you can have an answer. And yes, the Holy Spirit says that not to worry about what we'll say, but that is talking about if you were in court or something, not to be worried about what you're saying, because the Holy Spirit will give you what to say during that time. And so the classic text that lies like at the heart of what is known as apologetics. If you've ever heard that term before, the apologetics, it's, it's the art of defending the Christian faith. And in fact, the word defense 
it's actually a translation of the Greek word apologia, 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 however you say it, right? Which that's how we get apologetics. Apologetics is defending the Christian. It is the art of defending the Christian faith. So in a sense, the Greek word is to, it actually presents a compelling case in defense of or, or a belief or a position of something, if that makes sense. So that's how we get defending the Christian faith. That's how we get apologetics. And if you are a Christian and you are defending it, you are an apologetic Christian. But here's the, here's the crazy part. 21st century Christians today, apologetics might come across as like a loaded term. You know, to, to younger ears, the younger generation, Gen X, or, you know, the 30s and 40-year-olds. It may sound confrontational or argumentative because like so many times it has been shoved down their throat. They're given, they're given a Jesus in, in a way that, well, one day he's going to come and you never know. I remember when I heard that all throughout my life, I ran from God until I was 50 years old. Because I got tired of hearing that. So I could totally understand the fact that it could come across as a loaded term. The word apologetics could be like a, even like a relic for the older generations to even approach evangelism and even to others. It could suggest a dry academic discipline. Because it's like, well, we've all been there before. We've all gone through all of this stuff before. Or even it could be just, well, that's the pastor's job or the theologians. It even goes beyond the skill set or the interest of the average churchgoer like you and I. But Peter is, is so clear that apologetics is for everyone. And he's not alone. See, as I was looking into this and reading up on New Testament verses to help with this study, I found that the New Testament contains similar if you if similar defenses to defend the faith as well as like examples of of believers doing so. We found, you know, just look at Paul Look at John. Look at all the disciples. So are we supposed to defend our faith? Yes, it's the faith in you. It's that hope in you. Defend what is inside of you. Defend your hope in Jesus. Apostolic Christianity is the defense of what you are taking a stand on or your position about Jesus. And then on top of that, some people go, well, what Jesus didn't do that. He was always nice. He was always speaking this and speaking that. He, you know, he shared love and he did. 
Look, here's what I found out. Jesus himself is the prime example of sharing. He frequently engaged questions from his disciples as well as his enemies. His disciples were always coming to him, asking him questions. The Sadducees and the Pharisees, they were always questioning him. But he always came back. Sometimes he came at them harsh, the Sadducees and Pharisees. Sometimes it was like, you go tell that venomous viper, or you, that sly fox. Jesus did that with the enemies. And he even got upset at times with the disciples because they were grasping what he was saying. So if you were to say, well, what would Jesus do? Jesus did it. And he always directed right to the heart of the man or right to the heart of a woman. It is going back to apologetics. It is what your defense is. It's in your heart that you are making a stand on. The hope that is in you, in your heart. Does that make sense? And oftentimes people will be like, what if something bad happens? Well, you know, to be honest with you, that scares me too. But here's one thing that Jesus says all throughout scripture, 366 times in the scripture. He says, fear not. It is, you know, and, and here, this goes perfectly. And I just thought of that about this is not even in my notes, but it goes perfectly for where we are at right now on this topic. I was, uh, I was in church Sunday, as many of you hopefully are in church on Sunday, but my pastor was talking about um, how we have our body, we have our soul, and we have our spirit. And he, he showed how our body goes to the earth, you know, return to ashes, return to dust. And he showed that our, um, our soul goes back to the creator. And then he talks about our, our I mean, not our soul. Then he talks about our, our spirit. Our spirit goes back to the creator. And then he talks about our soul. And he says, where does our soul go? And our soul, if we have given our life over to the Lord, our soul will either be in paradise or our soul will either be sent to hell. And you're like, well, how does that happen? That depends on your defense. Do you have a hope that is in you? Are you following the Lord with everything you have, with all your soul, heart, and mind? Which is your soul. And so it was quite interesting to hear that. And then to do this defending the Christian faith and the question of, what if something bad happens? If something bad happens, you know, Jesus says that we will lose our life for the sake of him. Not everybody will. Some will, some will not even 
see death, but we'll be caught up in the air to meet the Lord in the clouds. And even if death happens, the moment our heartbeat stops, the moment our eyes close, we will get to see the one who had whispered in our ear all throughout life. We'll finally get to see him. We'll finally be able to embrace him and give him that, that heavenly hug and to feel his arms wrapped around us that we had hungered and desired for so much in this earth during this time of being here. So, so if, if anything bad was to happen, and it will come to that, it's just some will skip it by seeing the Lord in the rapture and totally miss death. And Jesus says, fear not. And so for me, it's like, I really don't care if, it happens because I know that my salvation is secured in Christ. I know that I gave my heart to him. I know I surrendered everything to him. And, you know, the Christian faith is, is often looked at as the most robust and comprehensive and oftentimes controversial. An intellectually, it's a satisfying belief system according to the world. And it's, it's more than any other. It can, have you ever thought about this? Is that Christianity can bear up under the most severe challenges of, of critics. I mean, you could even go back in history and Look at all the different times that Christianity from, from the time that Jesus came to earth until our present day. Look at all the critics throughout time. It, it stood the test of time. Christians need not feel defensive or, or even afraid of, of all, all of these challenges. Don't duck the tough questions. Embrace them. Welcome them. If you don't know them, it's just as simple. You know what? I don't know that, but I will find out and get back with you when I have the answer. And that's when you can call on your friends, even your pastor, maybe your Bible study teacher throughout the week and get the answer and come up with it and make sure you understand the answer. Then you could go back and give that answer to that person who is, whether they're testing you or trying to mock you or really, really wanting to know. You never, ever know. So welcome the questions, whether from skeptics or even fellow believers, because we don't all know it all. We have to learn from the older generation and also learn from the up and new generations that have had their enlightenments, their epiphanies, their, their joy in seeing who God is. And even to even learn or to listen to our own kids. And at the same time, Christianity, it, it doesn't claim to, to offer like exhaustive information on every topic. There are some topics that we just 
don't know. And that's okay. Those topics, in my mind, I always look at them as like, you know what? If it's not important enough for me to know, that's probably why God didn't speak on it in his manual to life. If God needed me to know that, he would have put it into his basic instructions before leaving earth Bible. That's the acronym for Bible. <laughs> he would have put it into the word of God and he would have told us, this is what this means. This is what you need to know. This is what you should or should not do. See, even the scripture itself attests that, that the secret things, they belong to God while the things revealed belong to us. You can look that scripture up in Deuteronomy 29, 29, 29. I was going to say 25, but I was like, no, I'm wrong. Deuteronomy 29, 29. But there, there remains like difficult questions out there. And how can we claim Jesus is the only way to God? That's a question that we, we often get posed to us, I, I guess I could say. Or even science. Hasn't science disproven the Bible? Here's one. Doesn't Christianity, Christianity denigrate women? We know it doesn't do that. What about the existence of suffering and evil? That's what I get all the time, even from my own family. If God loved us, then why does he allow bad things to happen? Why do bad people get away with bad things? But you know, it's, it's actually for me, I've learned to, while defending the faith, we could go after topic after topic, deal with question after question. But ultimately, it comes down to helping that person come back into knowing the true Jesus and how he can take all of the burdens, take all of that tired of running, the, the fear of life, the fear of death, all of their problems away, and to be free to break the chains off of them. They know that they have them. In our, in our quiet times, you and I both know that when, when before we gave our life over to the Lord, we knew that all of the crap that we had did in life and there was that guilty, we threw it all in our, in our skeleton closet and we didn't want to talk about it. But there's that time of defending the Christian faith and then also encouraging that person who wants to come at you and say, you know what? I just want to tell you an awesome, awesome testimony and tell them about the love that you found. Tell them about how the life-changing experience you found. Yes, defend your Christian faith, but do it as Peter says, do it with gentleness and respect. There isn't a, a one-size-fits-all approach to, to doing apologetics. We know that. that would, wouldn't that be easy? We just have to memorize some paragraph or whatever it is, 12-step process, and it would be so easy, right? 
But we have to recognize this, that no one would answer a small child the same way as like, say a teen struggling with their faith or maybe even a coworker who's hostile to Christianity. Every time you go to work, you're like, ugh, there's Bob again. He hates me just because I believe in Jesus, you know, or you got to go work next to the lady at the, in your manufacturing job and she can't stand you because you pray over your lunch every day. Our sensitivity to our audience needs to go deeper than that. Don't you think? I mean, we need to be aware of the cultural assumption assumptions and like spiritual commitments and biblical literacy of our hearers, which which often it will divide ethnic, racial, and generational lines, belief systems, all of that. And then that's where you get all that division. But Jesus came to set the captive free. And he came to inspire that hope that is in you to feed it to them. In the book of Acts. Man, the book of Acts, it's it's instructive. You ever notice that when the apostles, they, they spoke to the Jewish leaders, they I found that they appealed to like familiar scriptures to show like how Jesus fulfilled prophecy. But then then enter Paul, who who just doesn't sugarcoat anything, and he's so unfiltered that Paul comes in and he dress addresses the what is that the Athens the Athenians however you say their names the, the people of Athens right they knew nothing of the old testament and he's he just spoke in everyday language about like biblical concepts you know like um god's sovereignty over what creation he he spoke about sin he spoke about righteousness you know, he spoke about just the flesh and his spirit, the, the main scripture where he was saying, you know, what I want to do, I don't do. And and what I don't want to do, I end up doing. You know, he explains the battle between flesh and spirit each and every day. Paul was the one that was the, you know, and here when I started doing Defending the Christian Faith and I started reading a bunch of articles on this. I found that Paul was one that so many people and whether I, I began to go, okay, these people must not be Christians in their attack of Paul, because the way they looked at Paul, it was like tearing him up and down, left and right, diag diagonally backwards, every which way you can because of his harshness. They never looked at the fact of when Paul was traveling and he wanted to go to Greece or Athens or, or wherever he was going, you know, he he dealt with the churches harshly. Yes. When it was because the church was screwing up, you know, and or there was sin in the church. You know, he came out harsh. But Paul for me, it was like Paul was a Roman citizen. He didn't mess around. 
And then when the Lord converted him from Saul to Paul, God never took that, you know, that that high-spirited, unfiltered, non-sugar-coated thing (laughs) out of Paul. And, but, but every time it's like Paul went and defended the Christian faith or he spoke to the church harshly or he encouraged Timothy, he encouraged, uh, you know, I'm sending, I'm sending so-and-so to the church and, and greetings in love. He admonished the church. He loved the church because he knew that the church was God's bride. And so I absolutely love Paul and how he he shows how we have to be with one another. And there's times where, yes, there's times where we have to come and correct each other through scripture. And there are times where we have to defend the faith. But how we do it Peter is the one that gives the best example in gentleness and respect. Remember, in defending the faith to the world, it's not so much getting angry. It's not at all. Let me take that back. It's not at all getting angry. But it is gentleness and love and patience. Remember the time when you were there and hearing the gospel for the first time, the anger and the sin in your life, the confusion or, you know, whatever was going on in your life. There was, there was all of that in your hearts. And I have to remember that for myself as far as, wow, I have to be patient with those to get them to, to see the light I may be the only one that they ever encounter that loves the Lord. And I would hope that one day that I would be able to share the Lord in a way that pleases him, in a way that glorifies him. So let's take a quick break and we'll be back right after this. We are here to defend democracy for the people. So, hey, if you haven't already, check out Patriot Mobile. They have agreed to sponsor this podcast, and I'm so grateful, and I am blessed. You know, if you're tired of all of the big wig, you know, telephone carriers out there, Patriot Mobile is up and rising, and they are willing to give a $30 activation waiver if you bring your phone over and connect with Patriot Mobile. You could bring your phone over. They'll give you that SIM card and they'll erase the $30 activation fee from your account right off the bat. If you just remember this podcast and you tell them, hey, how did you hear about Patriot Mobile? By the Graceful Warrior. And remember to mention the code GRACEFUL and they'll remove the activation fee from you right off the bat. 
Graceful, uh, you know, one thing I would say about Patriot Mobile, I have Patriot Mobile and I absolutely love them. I like knowing where my money goes to to help uh, charity organizations that, that I respect, endorse, support, and they let you know where the money goes and they support our, our veterans. They support our good police officers, our fire department. You know, there's so many things out there. Patriot Mobile now has their emblem on one of the NASCAR um, races or cars out there. And I can't even remember what car number it is. I'll have to get back with you on that one. But check out Patriot Mobile. You can go on there for as little as 25 bucks a month. And I know times are tough. So check them out. And remember to mention the code graceful. All right. So with that, um, are we called to defend the Christian faith? Yes, we are. In the book of Acts, it tells us so much about the power of the Holy Spirit over the disciples to be able to go and, and share the good news. You know, the disciples were the ones that... They went to the Jews first. Paul was the one that took it to the Gentiles. And what's interesting to know is that as I was doing this research, I came across uh, Matthew 28, verse 19 to 20. And that's the Great Commission uh, verse where it talks about make disciples, right? The Great Commission instructs us to make disciples while while we're here on this world. And what I noticed is that there were three indirect commands in there and it was go and baptize and teach them. Those were indirect commands, but how are we to make disciples of them? Jesus says by baptizing them and teaching them all that Jesus commanded. That's how we make disciples of them is your it's like make students of them so to speak to to teach them all of this and then we fulfill the command to make disciples we teach them everything it's not a matter of well let's bring them into church and let the pastor do his job no the church is for us to get fed the word of god and to keep accountability with each other the you know the scripture says to not forsake the assembly of the righteous it doesn't say bring in the the lost so the pastor can can save them that's we are called to go out and to make disciples of them and then i was as i was looking at this i was like well a disciple is someone who receives instruction from another person, like a student, right? They're, they're the student in all this. And then the disciple is baptized because they've learned everything. They've accepted the Lord. They've rejected their old man, their old sinful nature. And it's an outward declaration that I am a follower of Christ, one who believes the teaching of Christ, right? And it's interesting because my church just had bat baptism Sunday and three of our members in the community um, that have been coming to church 
got baptized in the Lord this past Sunday. And so it was an amazing experience to watch them and know that all of heaven was rejoicing over them. And so, and I know this, it's supposed to be like, are we called to defend the Christian faith? But at the same time, this seems like it's a two-part series because there's more to it than defending the Christian faith. It is discipling. It is taking the word to them as well. And a disciple of Christ, it, we're, we're supposed to imitate Jesus's example, cling to his sacrifice, believe in his resurrection, possess the Holy Spirit, speak in tongues, live to do his work. The command and in, in, in the great commission to make disciples we know is to teach or train people to follow and obey Christ. And when I heard to train people, my mind automatically went to train up a child in the way that they go. And when they are old, they will not depart from it. It is teaching them, the Lord, to make disciples of them. You know, many understand like Acts 1.8 as part of the Great Commission as well. And it goes on to say, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And the Great Commission is enabled by the power of the Holy Spirit, right? So we are to be Christ's witnesses, fulfilling this Great Commission in our cities, in whatever cities that you're from, in, in Spokane, Washington, in Niagara Falls, in New York, in, you know, in Russia, in, in United Kingdom, in Canada, you know, wherever your city is, in our states, countries, anywhere else God sends us, that's where you're supposed to take the Great Commission. You're like, well, it's too hard to do that. I don't know what to say. Bring up the hope that is in you. Tell them why you have the hope that is in you. What did Jesus do for you that made you repent to turn around and look to Jesus? That's all you got to do. It's a testament. And isn't it, isn't it funny so many people look at sharing Jesus, and I used to too, and I, I'm part of this. So many people used to think that sharing Jesus is so hard to do. We haven't been taught how to do it. And rightly so. The church hasn't taught believers how to share the gospel with the world. People are so afraid to, but... When I began to think about it in my own life, and I've done episodes on this about sharing, sharing the love of Jesus to others and to be a witness out there. And I started looking at the different words of give a testimony, to witness, the courts of heaven, the judge of all the earth. And I started pulling all of these words up and I was like, this is the court system. We are the witnesses to give testimony of what Christ has done in our life. We are the ones to say, wait a minute. We have a new witness. 
our witness is you, the listener, or Monica Hansen, the host of the podcast. You're like, listener, what do you have to say? And then you go on and share how God has saved you from all of life. How did he grip your heart? How did he cause you to turn your heart over to him? And you're like, well, Monica, I've been saved all my life. Why did you not go run to clear out in left field and go follow the world? That's your testimony. Why did you stick with the Lord all these years? And I was like amazed at all that. I was like, wow, that really is a simple way of thinking about it. Well, in the court system, yeah, if you've ever been in a court system, it is quite scary or nerve-wracking, nervous, whatever. But Jesus is not something to be nervous about. It is a joy to share him. All right. So throughout the book of Acts, we see how the apostles began to fulfill this great commission, right? We see it in, in Acts chapter 1. And... Then Jerusalem is evangelized. Then the spirit expands the church throughout Judea and Samaria. And then that's now we're in like Acts chapter eight. Then, then the gospel reaches into the ends of the earth, which is pretty much the end of Acts 13 and on. And now it's us today. And we continue to act as the ambassadors for Christ. And we, we plead on Christ's behalf. We are the testimony. We're the witness. We have to be reconciled to God at all times. See, you and I have received this precious gift. And it's the, what does Jude say? The faith, the faith that was one, that was once for all entrusted to God's holy people. There it is. All right. So Jesus' words and the Great Commission reveal the heart of God who desires all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. So even though you are defending your faith, it's giving them the knowledge of this truth, like Timothy says. It's a combination of defending our faith and sharing the Great Commission. It compels us to share the good news until everybody has heard from uh, you, you know, saying Jesus loves you at the grocery store. And if they don't want to hear it, you don't have to say not one word. And you smile, walk away, and you look for the next person. Like Jesus told the disciples, if a town doesn't accept you, dust the dirt off your shoes and walk away. Do the same thing. Dust your shoes and walk away and share it with the next person. You never know that person may want to, to hear something positive in their life. They could have the crappiest day ever. Or maybe they're getting ready to go home and they have domestic violence in their home. Maybe they're the abuser. Maybe they're the ones thinking of suicide. And you save them by saying, Jesus loves you. And that's how it starts. Just a simple three-letter statement. See, just like the servants in Jesus' parable, we are, are, are to be about the business of the kingdom. We're supposed to be making disciples of all nations. He called 
his servants and the, and the, you know, the whole story. Remember how he called the 10 servants and delivered 10 talents to them. And he said, said to them, you know, Hey, do or, or occupy until I come back. And then what was it? All nine of the servants, they went out and they did what they were supposed to do with their um, 10 pounds or 10 talents, whatever, you know, whatever that they, that was the master gave to them. Except the one. Don't be the one that decides to bury your testimony, your witness, because you're too afraid to share it. Too afraid to defend the faith that is in you. And you feel safer with other believers and you could shout hallelujah and amen with every believers but when it comes time to share it with maybe somebody in the parking lot or with the cashier at the grocery store or the attendant at the car wash you know it's another thing so i want to encourage you defend your faith with gentleness and respect but to go out and make disciples of all nations. And so with that, I hope I encouraged you today. I hope I gave you some food for thought and just really challenge you. This is a new year. We're entering new times and we have to rise up and defend the Christian faith and be ready to give an answer for the hope that is in us. So until next week, I hope you have a blessed one. Hey, tune in this Friday. We have a special guest I interviewed. It's an upcoming star in the contemporary Christian community. His name's Julius Adams. And man, it was a great, great interview. You have to tune in for that one. We had a lot of fun. We're going to have him back on again. Um, he's trying to get all of his band members together. Some are on tour and we're going to have them come back and talk about their album again and talk about their touring. So tune in this Friday to Coffee Break with God and check out that interview with Julius Adams. And with that, have a blessed week, everybody. I'll talk to you next week. Bye bye. Well, as our time together comes to a close. Remember, my fellow graceful warriors, that the path of faith is a journey with constant growth and transformation, as well as challenges. But stay strong, stay courageous, and let your grace shine bright as ever. If you found inspiration and guidance in today's episode, be sure to subscribe to Graceful Warrior on your favorite podcast platform or even on my page here at Captivate and share the light with others who are seeking God's path of faith and strength in their own lives. And until next time, keep your hearts open 